We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trigg. I'm joined yet again by my co-host, Drew Johnson. You can find him at CoachDrew33 on Twitter. DJ, what's up, man? How is your Tuesday going? Well, we got in at uh, at midnight this morning, so uh, <laughs> I didn't get to bed until probably about one one thirty this morning. So I, I'm in the same boat as you. The uh, for some reason, the Mavs decided to have a eight forty five tip off time for a home game on a Monday, and so by the time you know, I do the I do a little quick. A recap pod for in the mornings you know not just for the Mavs but overall NBA stuff just a short one I throw out there in the mornings now and did the recap for the game on DallasBasketball.com and before it was said and done it was about one o'clock 1 30 before I went to bed so I, I understand that is I don't know what it is about you know Mondays always being like that but hey hey we made it <laughs> yeah we're here now um but just a, a brief recap of, of what we witnessed in that game against the Nets. For some reason, Mavs-Nets is just uh, uh, a heart stopper this year for some reason. The first time they played them, it was a 129-125 overtime win for the Mavs in Brooklyn. Uh, now in Dallas, uh, it was still a close game, but there was a lot more defense being played because the Mavs won 96-94 to this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nets didn't have Kyrie Irving, who dropped 39 points on the Mavs the last time they played. That didn't matter. It was still close. Kevin Durant is still very much that dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even though I thought the Mavs, uh, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, but I mean, I kind of thought the Mavs did a pretty good job uh, defending him in that game last night. You know, they were throwing a lot of different coverages at him. They were really, uh, you know, aggressive with their traps and making him get rid of the ball and do stuff he's not as comfortable doing. Uh, so, I mean, I, that was that was pretty encouraging to see. The defense was on point. But 
you know, the Mavs, they still have this issue where they can't hold on to fourth quarter leads. You know, they, they ballooned it up to 10 or 11 points with like four or five minutes left. And sure enough, they found themselves in a situation where they could have blown it. Uh, they were only up three with about five seconds left. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, for some reason, reached in on a Kevin Durant three-point attempt, fouled him. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, this is going into overtime because Kevin Durant just does not miss free throws. I think he had made like 62, 63 in a row at that point. Mm-hmm. He misses the second one, and the Mavs come out uh, with the win. And Luca and Dorian Finney-Smith, they both hit really clutch free throws down the stretch of that one. So, overall, Mavs win. They're 6-3. and three. They've won four consecutive games uh, after that really disappointing uh, meltdown against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've gotten on track. It hasn't been pretty, but a win is a win is a win, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they go and play a road back-to-back against the Orlando Magic on Wednesday and then uh, former Maverick Kristaps Porzingis and the Washington Wizards on Thursday. So uh, overall, DJ, what were your initial takeaways from that uh, second win over the Nets this season? Well, I think that the reason that these games are so close is a we had a really huge turnover issue. I mean, we had was it twenty two turnovers on the game? I believe that's right. It was a, it was uncharacteristically high number of turnovers for the Mavs. Um, whenever you have that many turnovers, it's really hard to win. Um, now, what they did have going for them is you know a guy named Luca, but and that always helps. Um, you know, you mentioned defending Kevin Durant. Uh, I agree. I think they threw some great stuff at him, and I think that Kevin Durant is capable of going for 60 on any night. Um, he doesn't have Kyrie Irving, so he knows. I mean, he's got to be in kill mode the entire time. So, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, my only complaint, not just with guarding him, but really guarding everyone on that team, uh, would be our transition defensive issues. Um, we have a really, really hard time with getting in front of people, making them change directions, making them set up in a half-court offense. You've got to get in front of Kevin Durant really before he crosses half-court because he's seven foot one. I don't care what the stat sheet says. He's seven foot one, and his stride is insane, and he can get from the half-court line to the three-point line like that, and uh, he can get to his shot like that. And so you've got to make him change direction, him specifically. But overall, you know – I was really impressed by the fact that, you know, we had these negatives. We had these turnovers. We had these defensive breakdowns, but they still found a way to win, and that's all that matters. That's the biggest thing. I mean, look, it's it's kind of a similar start that the Mavs had last year. I think, you know, last year before they had all the, the Luka ankle injury stuff and the COVID stuff that they went through uh, in the early – or in the second and third month of the season – they started out nine and four, mm-hmm. uh, despite Luca not playing very well, at least by his standards. But it was a similar thing where, like, they were nine and four, but you know, all of the wins just seemed like they were grinded out, real, real tough and close. So, mm-hmm. in that regard, it seems like it's you know a similar start. But I'm more optimistic about it because you know they they've got a good net rating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the they're getting good shots. Yeah. I mean, the, the shot quality is really, really good across the board. You know, you just have guys like Reggie Bullock and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith who, uh, given Finney-Smith, he kind of found his rhythm last night. But, you know, Bullock and Kleba and, you know, some of these other guys that they need uh, to be hitting these open shots, they just haven't fallen so far this year. And I'm not really as concerned with Bullock. I do wish he was capable of getting off to a better start uh, for the season. But if you look back at his career history, this is nothing new for Bullock. He starts off the year really slow, and then as soon as the calendar switches to the new year in January, he's a flamethrower from then you know, through the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily worried about him right now, but it would be helpful if he could just get something. <laughs> well, that's the way he's always been. He's been that way since he played at North Carolina. Um, you know, just really streaky to start the year, and then – as time progressive, as time goes on, and as he gains a rhythm, uh, you know, he starts playing better. But uh, I think he uh, probably needs to take a page out of Luca's book as far as coming in ready uh, at the beginning of the season, ready to produce at his max level. And there's a way to do that. Um, he needs to take a page out of the, out of the guy's book. So, yeah, whatever Luca did, to, well, we know what Luca did. He got himself in a top tier condition. And, Luca uh, he, had it. Luca had it in the back of his mind, you know, after the ridicule that he got last year when he wasn't in shape, he didn't want to have that feeling again. I think he got kind of embarrassed uh, yeah. with how the national media latched onto that last year, and he there was no way he was going to do that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a, a third consecutive. It really, he didn't start off the last two seasons uh, very well, so. It's been great to see him do that, and you're right. I mean, maybe maybe it is more of a conditioning issue, or maybe it's just like a thing where Bullock's mental state isn't where it needs to be right now. You know, maybe the focus isn't there. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, I think it will eventually get to that point. But in the meantime, you know, the Mavs, they're getting production from other places, and most notably is a guy we've talked about in recent episodes, Josh Green who I'm just I'm just so thrilled with, man. I, I've been a big Josh Green believer since day one. Uh, you know, he really didn't have a rookie season with Rick Carlisle. He didn't get played much, didn't get much exposure. Last season, first year with Jason Kidd as head coach, uh, he really got his feet wet. He played double the minutes or more than double the minutes with uh, uh, Jay Kidd last year than he did his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Rick Carlisle, and he showed flashes in the playoffs in that first-round series against Utah. And, uh, you know, it was just – it's good to see that his hard work is starting to pay off now. He had a season-high uh, 16 points against the Nets and was a plus 11 uh, in the box score. Uh, he was 5 of 5 from the field, 2 of 2 on his threes. Uh, also had five rebounds, two assists. Didn't have any steals, but he had a lot of deflections. And, you know, he's really – his on-ball and off-ball defense is, has just been incredible. Uh, but he's just a ball of energy, and it stays like that from the moment he gets off the bench until the moment he goes back to the bench. And that's really what this team needs right now. Luka is carrying such a such a load so far this year. And I'm, you know, we talked about it briefly before we hopped on here. We've been so concerned with his usage rate that was near 41%. Well, 
Well, now that's dropped below 38% in the last couple of games. So that's trending in a good direction mm-hmm. um, because he's getting the extra help. But, you know, Josh Green, uh, we came on here and said, like, this guy needs more minutes. He, he has shown that he's ready. Uh, he's more confident. He's more controlled that he's been than he's been in the past. He's only 21 years old. Jason Kidd came out a few days ago and even said, we've got to find a way to get him more minutes. Uh, well, unfortunately for Tim Hardaway Jr., it seems like that way to get him the minutes that we needed is for him to strain his hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in that game last night, he, he only played 14 minutes, went out with a hip strain, and then Josh Green ended up uh, playing 27 minutes and having a, a season-high night. So I'm thrilled about Josh Green. I love what the guy brings to the table. I'm a super fan for Josh Green. I just think, uh, you know, he's he's kind of like – and my guy Blake Weir, uh, we, we talk on Twitter from time to time about stuff. And, you know, before Ben Simmons had his complete drop-off, we used to call – or he used to call Josh Green Baby Ben mm. with potential to have a, a jump shot. But I told him earlier this morning that it's borderline disrespectful to call him that anymore. We got to come up with something else. So he said, what about Baby Matrix, like Sean Marion? Yeah. And then it evolved into Matrix Reloaded, and that uh, that is the name. That's cool. <laughs> Matrix Reloaded for Josh Green. No, that's a really good <laughs> comparison. Um, I think he shoots the ball a little bit better than Sean Marion did. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the same characteristics. Extremely athletic, defensive-minded, not selfish. Is just out there to do whatever the team needs him to do to help them win. Um, but, ironically, he's the best shooter in the NBA right now as far as percentages are concerned. Um, 67% on his threes so far. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know. What was that (laughs) net rating that you said? It was like eight. What was the net rating overall? I think net rating he is like – let me look this up real quick. Uh, I think he's like a a plus 80 on the season right now. And his true – he's also leading the league in true shooting percentage at 85%. So, I mean – it's it's just unreal what's going on with Josh Green right now. And, it, you know, he's only averaging close to seven points and three rebounds a game. But, I mean, what he does overall on both ends of the court, he's just a winning basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, I'm just – I'm thrilled for him, man. I, let's yeah. see. His net rating, he's got a positive 25.1. That's really good, but I want to see his overall. I can't find it. I, it it's it's his just his regular his raw plus minus, but I know it's uh, I know it's up in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Let me go to total here. Yes, there it is. His his total plus minus so far on the season uh, is plus eighty. <laughs> That's a wild stat. Which that which is, is crazy. When he's on the fl- when he's on the floor, good things happen. Uh, the Mavs just have to figure out how to preserve these these late leads because I don't know. It's just maybe it's just a learning curve with having you know a couple new players you're trying to integrate and you know having a guy like Josh Green having a bigger role. I don't know what the case is, but you know at least they're winning. You know mm-hmm. I, I have confidence that they can figure it out, and when they do. 
you know, they're going to they're going to rattle off even more of these wins and they'll they'll be in good playoff position come uh, late April. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me see here. There was one more point I was going to bring up from that game. Oh, uh, one thing that came up yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but earlier in the day uh, there was a report. It really wasn't a report. It was a rumor. And, I mean, you know, depending on who you ask, I mean, it might not even be a rumor. It might just be speculation. But there was a guy that came out and, you know, basically said that, uh, a Western Conference executive said to watch for the Dallas Mavericks being a trade partner for Ben Simmons. And I just I just don't see it. I mean, you know, if it was just a salary dump situation and it was like, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Davis Breton straight up, no picks involved, nothing, uh, you know, maybe – Maybe you take a chance and, you know, having a reclamation project with Ben Simmons and, you know, maybe he decides he wants to be playing basketball again and, you know, lives up to that potential. But, you know, that that's about the only deal I could even see the Mavs starting to consider. And even then they might not do it because maybe you just don't want the headache of, you know, what he could potentially bring to the team. But, uh, in 16 minutes off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets last night, Ben Simmons had a whopping two points, three rebounds, two assists on one of three uh, shooting. So, Baby, uh, a triple single. Here and, we go. And, and was a negative seven in those 16 minutes. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, <laughs> making around $35 million a year, that just uh, – that just doesn't seem to to cut it there. So I'm going to officially stamp out the the Ben Simmons uh, Mavs trade rumor stuff. I just don't think that's going to happen. Better not happen. I will be upset. I just I, I just so I just can't see it. I mean, in in theory, 
the guy has a ton of potential. He could be like, you know, prime Draymond Green if his head was in the right place and, you know, he was committed to doing what he's supposed to do. But he's just not – he's just not there, man. He, he might be on his way out of the league if it keeps on trending the way it's trending. But, I mean, you say what he could be. I mean, if we're really going to go about what he could be, he was compared to LeBron James at a high school with all the things he was capable of doing. and Which not, was probably unfair to him it was in unfair. hindsight. It was unfair. But, I mean, you know, we're shooting at the stars and we land on the moon hypothetically. No, we shot at the stars <laughs> here. And, uh, I mean, we went straight to the center of the earth. So, you know, it – uh uh, I mean, the guy just hasn't developed at all, and he doesn't really show very much uh, interest in development. And, you know, we can talk about potential all day long, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we need to be more concerned about what is rather than what could be at this stage, because right now we're trying to win. Uh, Luca is the most consistent player I've ever seen. Um, he is playing at probably a higher level than anyone else in the league right now. I'd say that's a fair point. And uh, we need to win now. And I'm not sure that Ben Simmons really influences winning now. And we don't have time to wait. I think it's fair to say that Luca is playing on the highest level than anybody else. I'd say it's probably a 1A, 1B situation with him and Giannis. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Giannis's team compared to Luca's team, Giannis has a lot more – and I'm not saying the Mavs don't have high quality players on the roster, but you know, there's, there's more oomph with, uh, with that Milwaukee roster with Drew holiday and uh, Bobby Portis and just defensively, uh, just defensively. They're great. They're, they're, it's like a meat grinder. Yeah. <laughs> they're really good defensively. And, and, and Chris Middleton, I don't even think Chris Middleton has come back yet. No. Uh, from his injury, so once you add him into the mix, like it, they're just they're just unreal. But I think it's dev- it's between those two guys, uh, Luca and Giannis, and I would give Luca the nod over Giannis just because I think he's more like if you take Giannis off the Bucks, they still have a fighting chance against most teams in the East. I feel like mm-hmm. you take Luca off the Mavs, I don't think <laughs> I don't think they're sitting at six and three right now. What Giannis brings to the table is he's probably the most effective two-way player in the league with what he brings on offense and defense. He's probably the most effective transition player in the league. Not probably. He is. Um, You can't stop the guy from getting to the rim Uh, just because of the way he is. I mean, we've never seen someone like that, that big move like that, you know, and – but the reason that I would give Luca the edge is the way that he's doing it. You know, not only is he averaging what 36, 37 a game, but he's getting his teammates involved too. Um, he's also hitting the glass hard. He's playing good defense, you know, not to take anything away from Giannis, but Luca's doing more. I think that has to be acknowledged. Luca is doing more to influence wins. And it's just like you said, you take Luca off the Mavs, they fall apart. And you look at uh, – this was an interesting stat I saw, you know, posted earlier today too, but Luka Doncic is shooting 70.7% on drives this season. Yeah. On the, th- and he, on the third most drives per game of anybody mm-hmm. in the league. That's insane. 
<laughs> values every possession. If you look at them, you know, it's not out of control drives. Everything is off too. Everything's off a jump stop. Everything has a fake built into it. Everything is a double move. He is going to get the best available shot for himself. And if they overcommit, he's going to find somebody. Um, he has he has an answer, a counter for everything. For every single thing that's thrown in. And my guy, Grant Afseth, uh, my colleague at DallasBasketball.com, He's a film room guru. Like he he goes through these games and he'll he'll post these film room pieces uh, after each game if there's something notable to look at. And after that last Raptors win uh, before this game with the Nets, he went through and you know Nick Nurse for the the coach for the Raptors he threw eleven different defensive schemes at Luca, and Luca picked apart every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Like and I think Luca. I think he relishes that. I think he's just like, I love this challenge. I love having all these different things thrown at me because it's like a, putting a puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he welcomes that kind of stuff. And look, I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody's throwing at him. He's still getting 30-plus points a game. Uh, ninth consecutive 30-plus point game to start a season. Second most all-time. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain's record is 23 so yeah. he's four, he's Luca is fourteen away from tying Wilt Chamberlain, fifteen away from surpassing him. Uh, if things keep trending the way they're going with all these close games, I think he has a good chance to do it. But I, I kind of feel like he's not going to reach that because at some point you got to think there's going to be like a blowout win in the next uh, thirteen, fourteen games to where Luca doesn't have to play all four quarters. Uh, keep so him in, we'll, yeah. Keep him in. Give him a chance. Give him a shot. Jason Kidd is the kind of coach to see something like that and probably, you know, keep him in until he gets his numbers, which I know a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with. But, I mean, look, if Luca's into it and he wants that on his resume and, you know, I, who, who cares? It's early season. You know, go, go past Wilt yeah. and then take your rest. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that record. And That's I'm- incredible. In today's NBA, too, like you have to keep in mind, like no disrespect to Wilt Chamberlain, no disrespect to the people that played back then. But it is a completely different league now with completely different players at a completely different skill level. This is everything is so much more complicated now than it was then. The athleticism um, and the length just, you know, league wide is just incredible. Yes, it's I mean, it's, it's, the best it's ever been. And I remember I texted you the other night during that Toronto game, and I was just like, holy crap, dude. Toronto, top to bottom, is just like the longest and tallest team I have ever seen. <laughs> they're just they're just like impossibly long. And, it, you know, I figured that, you know, Nick Nurse and his defensive schemes paired with them having all that length would bother Luka more than it actually did. But it didn't. He just, you know kept on trucking through like he has all season but uh all right dj well this look this is the last thing this isn't really a serious basketball topic but i thought you would find it interesting uh given it's one of your north carolina guys again theo pinson uh so tim mcmahon tweeted out that the trash talk between kevin durant and theo pinson last night uh was about the mavs throwing the kitchen sink at kd defensively um, Pinson said, I told, let's see, I told KD he was going to have to be Magic Johnson tonight and <laughs> pass. And then KD fired back and said, nobody in this league wants to let me go one-on-one or see me at my spot. So they're going to throw 
uh, three or four people at me, play zone up when I get the ball. And uh, he was just telling Theo Pinson that this is how great I am. Uh, and, you know, it was it was a friendly back and forth. And then the funniest part of this entire thing was at the end when Pinson says that uh, he acknowledges that KD gets amped up after, you know, having trash talk with another player. Uh, and he, he went and told his Mavs teammates, y'all better go guard now. I done poked the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Theo Pinson. You made everybody's job harder. Now just go back to the bench. <laughs> I mean, he did. I, still, I mean, KD still had 37. I mean, he still had close to 40. So it's never wise to piss off someone that good. Never is. Did, but. Did uh, did he have that many points? He had 37, I think. Let me see. Oh, well, well, he had 37 in the first game. He had 26 in last night's oh, game. Oh, crap. I looked at the wrong stats. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, dang, he got more points than I thought he did. But uh, but still, I mean, especially when you're in a close game coming down the stretch and, you know, KD had a chance to tie it at the end there. I mean, if they had ended up going to overtime and losing and then this stuff comes out with Theo Pinson, you know, there's a completely different mood. Yeah. Like, Theo Pinson's getting burned at the stake. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he walks in the locker room and everyone just sits there in silence and looks at him. And says, really? <laughs> really? You talk to that guy? I, I just know Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, you know, all the guys that are having to guard KD are just, like, looking at Pinson's like, why? What, <laughs> what why are you is what is your end game here? Like, there's certain guys you talk to. You can talk to Rudy Gobert in the playoffs and get in his head. Uh, you don't want to do that to not, not KD. KD. No, no. <laughs> don't do it. Oh man. Well, that was fun. Um, you know, that, like I said, the Mavs have won four straight now, and they've got a very manageable. I mean, I know it's a back-to-back, and it's, you know, both on the road, but they play the Orlando Magic, who have really struggled this season. They're, mm-hmm. They've got a good young team. Uh, Paolo Banchero is a really good player. He's going to be a star in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they just – they're at that growing phase where they're not able to finish games. So, they should win that one. Uh, the second night of a back-to-back against Washington is going to be tough uh, mm-hmm. because KP, you know, if he plays like he did the last time, uh, the Mavs and Wizards got together. He probably has a little extra chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. But but then again, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie probably has one on his too. So, you know, and he, he's coming off a game where he was absolutely hosed by the officials, in my opinion. I've actually got an in-depth piece coming to DallasBasketball.com on that. Uh, you know, he was uh, – he had a controversy with official Tony Brothers here recently where Tony Brothers uh, supposedly called him – a name that I'm not going to say on this podcast because, really? uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you that link. But uh, basically, he called him a name that I can't repeat on here, and the league is investigating it now. And uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, after that game, he outed Tony Brothers in the press conference uh, to start really? it. And uh, then the following game, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, he only, he only scores two points and he goes one of eight from the field. But every one or nearly every one of his drives to the basket, he was just getting hacked. And the officials, they won't call anything. And, you know, when they they were either not calling a foul and he was missing a shot when he should have been at the free throw line, 
or he was being called for cheap offensive fouls, at least like two or three on the night. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he outed Tony Brothers. He potentially got one of these officials in trouble with the league, depending on what they find out. You know, are the other, do the other officials, do they have this on their mind and they're trying to like, you know, get back at him? I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy, but, you know, me watching that, it was so egregious last night, DJ. I just, I couldn't help myself but think like, man, they're out to get Dinwiddie in this one. They're sending a message to him right now. Well, I'll tell you something, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy either, but I do know that officials are human. And uh, I, I'm not going with this where you think I am. Humans get pissed off. And uh, whenever humans get pissed off, it affects their uh, their non-biasedness, their ability to be non-biased. And, uh, you know, even if it is subconscious, which it probably isn't, but even if it is subconscious, I have seen it to where refs will subconsciously not give people calls because they are pissed off at them. And that's not a ref thing. That's a, that's a human thing. You yeah. piss somebody off, you know, they're not going to give you a call. So... Um, that's something that we actually talk about all the time, me and my kids, because, uh, I mean, we had a game last night and one of ours started spouting off to the ref. I'm like, listen, like, do you want to get a call at all? Because you're not going to at this rate. Yeah. And I like how, I like how you look, despite all the, the bad no calls and some of the horrendous, now look, given some of the offensive calls last night, like Christian Wood on a moving screen, stuff like that. That was legitimate. But mm-hmm. the stuff against Dinwiddie specifically was egregious and it was not it was not right. And I, I'm gonna highlight that in this piece with the, the clips of each drive he had and you know the calls that he made. Cause it, in my mind, I was just thinking like, man, they're out to get this guy. There is no way uh that you know Dinwiddie is being this ineffective. Yeah. Uh so well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe it was just a one-game thing. If it if it trickles on into this next uh, two-game road trip, you know, then then things might start blowing up a little bit more. But uh, that is one thing I've liked about Luca so far this year. He's he's keeping his composure better. You know, even with him or his teammates, if they're not getting calls, last night he was uh, biting the collar of his jersey instead of continuing to complain about it and potentially get a technical foul. So that's a sign of maturity uh, from him. And, you know, uh, hopefully he doesn't have a, a technical foul issue at the end of this season the way he did last year. So, guys, we appreciate it. As always, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. As always, leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, that automatically enters you for a chance to win uh, step back t-shirt giveaways and every now and then we'll do uh, ticket giveaways and stuff of that nature we're actually going to be doing a uh, ticket giveaway here in the next two weeks so be on the lookout for that uh, on my twitter page at dalton underscore trig and again you can find dj drew johnson here at drew sorry at coach drew 33 on twitter so y'all show him some some love give him a follow over there uh, and DJ, I appreciate it as always. Uh, we will come back on here and highlight the next handful of games the Mavs play, uh, probably early next week. I think I think the the weekly recap stuff is a is a good pace to keep this on right now. But uh, appreciate you joining me as always. Anything else you want to add before we take off? No, I'm just always happy to be here. I always have a good time on this, so I'm looking forward to it. 
well, keep doing a good job with uh, with your coaching duties and everything, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, continue to have some good times with the Mavs rolling forward. They're on a roll right now, and uh, it hasn't been ugly, but like I said earlier, a win is a win is a win, and once guys start hitting their shots, some of these role players that haven't been hitting, uh, I think the Mavs are due for uh, going on a big roll, so. Guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Y'all have a good one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.